Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, you who are the faithful and true, the amen, speak your word to us. Reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's our month of ceaseless praise. And we are in our seven weeks of harvest. It's a covenant season of harvest. God told us. And when when the time of harvest comes, I showed you last week that what you have to do, according to John chapter 4, verse 35. John 4, 35. I say to you, your eye, lift up your eyes. The harvest are filled, for they are already white for, for harvest. So the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. And we have to just engage the sickle. Revelations 14, 14, 14, Revelations 14, 14 says that, um, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the son of man, so having on his head golden crown, and in his hand, the sharp sickle. Uh, verse 15, keep the verse, verse 15. Yes, another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice uh, to him who sat on the cloud, um, trust in your sickle and reap, for the harvest has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is come. And in Proverbs chapter, and in Proverbs chapter um, 10, verse 5, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5, this is a very, I didn't quote this last week, but it's very important. Let's all read it together. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. He who so harvest can it can be time of harvest and you are sleeping. And you cause shame. You cause shame. You make the church, it looks like the thing is not working. You, you make the ministry feel like it's a struggle. There's nothing to show forth for this season of harvest because of slumber and sleep. So it's necessary to wake up. You can't put in a sickle when you are sleeping. You wake up out of your slumber and your sleep and then engage the sickle. Some of us only reap in our dreams because we love our sleep, sleep, sleep. You have to put in, engage the sickle and then I'll show you spiritually when it's time for harvest like us, what do you do? How do you engage the sickle? I said there are a few things to do and one major part of it is praise. When you praise God, you engage the sickle. All right? You engage the sickle for the harvest. But I want you to know, particularly, when we talk about harvest, Christian harvest is Christ. Christ is our harvest who then manifests in different ways. The Bible says that all creation awaits the manifestation of the Son of God. No explanation of the Son. We have explained enough. Now let's manifest. Yes. 
in Luke chapter 2, verse 30. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 30. We are actually going to um, Isaiah. But let, let's, before we get to Isaiah, let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 30. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 30 says, For my eye has seen. When he took the child Jesus, he said, Lord, now you can call your servant home. Verse 27. Verse 27, it says that. So he came in by the Spirit of God. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now you can let your servant depart in peace. I'm ready to die. God told him, you will not die till you see the Messiah. All right, look at verse 26. We'll come back to 20. Look at verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Before he has seen who? The Lord's Christ. Before he has seen who? The Lord's Christ. So this man was alive. Moses prophesied about Christ. Isaiah prophesied about Christ. Elijah prophesied about Christ. Jeremiah prophesied. You are not a prophet if you don't talk about Christ. You are not a true prophet. They all were pointed. The prophet just spoke about. The Bible says, we have found him of whom the prophet spoke. John chapter 1. And then he said, Philip found him, Nathaniel said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets. So the prophets, all they wrote was actually about Christ. And when you read the scripture, it said that it might fulfill according to what was said in the prophets. So, they all, so your, your prophetic credibility is hinged on the Christ. Christ centeredness of your message. If you don't have Christ in your message, you are not a true prophet. You are a false prophet. You are just there for profit. <laughs> Profiteering. So, anyway, so, um, the prophets spoke about him. Uh, and then, these, these guys have lived 2,000 years. Some of them 2,000 years before Christ. 1,000 years before Christ. 400 years before. So they have all prophesied. In fact, the closest one amongst them who lived before the time Jesus was born was 400 years. Can you imagine? So for 400 years, this Christ, at least, the, let's say Simon or Simeon was, had lived long enough. He hadn't seen this prophet, this guy who was prophesied about for 400 years at least. Before Moses is talking about over 4,000. David, all of them spoke about him. And you, you, you are alive and you say that God, but, but you see, the Holy Ghost revealed to him that you will live to see this man before you die. So maybe he's going to live another 400 years, 200 years. But he, all he knew was he was, and I can, I'm sure he was advanced in ages, so he was frail. And he came into the temple and lifted the boy, the child Jesus, and he said, oh, verse 29, verse 29 of Luke chapter 2, full of the Holy Ghost, weak but full of the Holy Ghost, weak but just. let your servant depart in peace. Depart where? Because you want to die. I'm now old, but you have told me I can't die before I see Christ. So, let your servant depart in peace. According to your word. You see, word. Well, that's what the bishop was talking about. Word. 
So he was depending on God's word. He was talking based on God's word. Some of you, when you talk, there's no word in it. You are talking based on the popular opinion, public opinion, what the news is saying. What? Why did he say, let me go? For my eye has seen. What, what has my eye seen? Seen what? But who was they talking? They said, well, you will see before you die. And he called Christ your salvation. God's salvation. He was holding the baby, but that was God's salvation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. He said, and she will, this angel talking to Joseph, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Someone shout, Jesus! Jesus! If you are a believer, shout, Jesus! Jesus! At the mention of the name Jesus, demons bow, shout, Jesus! Jesus! Last Sunday, I told you God was healing some people. She came, she fell, and you heard the testimony. She fell at work, and she couldn't walk. She dragged herself to church, dragged herself to the evening service, and she received. In fact, when we closed the service, she came to me. She said, Pastor, this is real, you know? <laughs> it's good. I mean, she was excited because it's happened. The same word is here to grant your healing. And as you shout Jesus, you are receiving your healing. Shout Jesus! Shout Jesus! Shout Jesus! So he said, for you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save ah, his people from their sins. So this, the Hebrew word is Yeshua. Yeshua, which is the same as Joshua. The meaning of Yeshua means God as savior. And God, it also means God my salvation. God, my salvation. God, my savior. That's the meaning of Jesus. Okay? So, um, in fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8, I'm going to quote some scriptures very fast that I, I learned. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8. He said, for if you read some, um, this is New King James. Can you give us the old King, uh, new, uh, old King James, the original? Let's see. You see? You see? In the Hebrew, it was if Yeshua, which is the same as Joshua. Right. So, the, if, okay, so let's do the New, New King James now. If Joshua, because this will confuse some of you, because he's talking about Joshua, not Jesus Christ. Joshua, who brought them into the promised land. And the promised land was a type of Christ, which was the arrest. So it says that if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Because David said, my Lord said to my, uh, my Lord, sit at my right till I made your enemies your footstool. So David spoke about the rest again. But if they had already gone into the rest, why would he have spoken about another rest? That means that the rest they went was a shadow. It wasn't the actual rest. Because Jesus is. Oh, Jesus is the actual rest 
Joshua, Moses, they spoke about. So this is the, the case he's, he's raising here. Look at um, Numbers, Numbers chapter 13, verse, verse 16. Talking about Joshua. Joshua, his name. Numbers 13, 16 says, These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called, see, Hoshea. That's Joshua. That's Joshua. Hoshea is Joshua. Yeshua, the actual Hebrew. Yeshua, which means uh, the, the son of man. That's Joshua. Okay? Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nam, Joshua. So he called him Joshua because he's God our Savior. That's Jesus. So in Greek, we would have been calling Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Actually, Jesus' Hebrew actual name is Yeshua. So you see some, sometimes pastors, when they are coming out of the fire, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. <laughs> And the thing looks very powerful. So, but it's, it's Yeshua. Okay. So Jesus is God our Savior. The angel said, his name shall be called Jehovah Saves. That's very important. Say Jehovah Saves. Jehovah saves. Say Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. Or better still, Yahweh Saves. Now, so what he's trying to say is that if Joshua has given them rest, they wouldn't have to take another rest. So what's this rest? Jesus is our rest. He has brought us into the first level of rest, and the actual rest will be the sabbaticus, sabbatismus, the Sabbath rest, rest of God. And it says that labor to enter the rest of God, Hebrews chapter 4 and all that. I thought on that some time ago. But now, Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, oh, that ye labor and a heavily laden and I will give you rest. That's the rest Joshua promised them. Come and I'll give you rest. What has this got to harvest? You find, to do with harvest, you'll find out very soon. Come and I'll give you rest. So Jesus Christ came to change your living conditions. Change, fundamentally change your relationship with God which affects everything about your life. It affects your health, it affects your marriage, it affects your future, it affects your children, it affects when you will die, it affects how you enjoy life. Someone who is working with God going through a problem and another person not working with God going through the same problem, the difference will be very obvious. The problems will be the same but the impact will be different. So now, Jesus came to give us rest and when his name was announced, Bible says his name is God our salvation. What does it mean? Salvation means it's not all fundamentally the sin problem is the biggest problem. So when the sin problem is solved, Bible says that if he who did not spare his own son, if he gave him a while, Romans chapter 8, verse 32, how shall he not with him also give us freely all things? So if you have sins forgiven, then the other things are for in fact on Mark chapter 2, Jesus said that which one is easier? Jesus said, which one is easy? Saying to somebody, your sins be forgiven or rise up and take your man. And he said, so that you can know that I have power to forgive sins. He told the man, take up your man and walk. The first thing started with, your sins are forgiven. Because forgiveness of sins guarantee all kinds of benefits from God. Because the problem with God, between God and man, man and God was initiated by sin. So when the, that's why Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. 
right? And it talks about that in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he's able to save to the uttermost, seeing that he ever liveth to intercede for us as a high priest, he's able to save us to the uttermost. If he has saved you from your sins, then every other thing is subject to salvation. Say salvation. So salvation is broad, broader than just sin. But it starts with sin. Because when the angel said, he said, for Matthew 121, for he shall save his people, for, he shall save people from their sins. He said, for he said, for he shall save his people from what? Their sins. So it starts with sin, salvation from sin. But salvation from sins is not all of it. It's not everything. That doesn't end from there. When your sins are forgiven, the blessings now can now come upon your life properly. God must save. He says that he's able to save us to the uttermost. Hebrews chapter um, 7 verse 25. What it means is that he's not just save your soul, but save every, save your spirit, but save every aspect of your life. He will save your marriage if you allow him. He will save your job if you allow him. He will save your, your, your mind if you allow him. He will save your health if you allow him. He will say, depending on what you begin to, what revelation and understanding you begin to apply your heart to. So salvation has come to somebody's house today. Sal- salvation has come to somebody's pocket today. Salvation has come to somebody's job today. In the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus came to bring us salvation. Now, that's the the main thing I want to let you know. And I connect, let you understand how it relates to our harvest. Because the season of harvest, things must happen for you. Last week, I received a very powerful email that said the harvest has started. It's serious. Me, it has started for me. And I know this week, this week, your own is coming big time. You don't believe and connect yourself. Because the truth, the truth is that, the truth is that he may be concerned, the one sitting here, you may be concerned about your challenges. But you know what? His happy is not him. So if you will not take responsibility and connect and receive it, you know what? Some things may, that may, you might, some blessings or some graces you would have contacted can pass you by and things may continue the way it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that if you don't say me, you won't be blessed. But when you see a blessing coming, it's your responsibility to find a way of grabbing it. Somebody, this week, this week you shall have a testimony. This week you shall have a testimony. This week God will show you his salvation. In the name of Jesus, shout amen. Please be seated. He said, for my eyes have seen the salvation. Your eyes will see the salvation of God. This week, I'm talking about this week. Before the end of this month, your eyes will see the salvation of God. And people around you will testify that of a truth, God has helped you. Praise the Lord. So, quickly, as I, as I run, I need to Quickly, it's very important that salvation is not just sin. It starts with sin, but covers every other thing in your life. All right. He saves the total being. He said, 
that's why he spoke about in First Thessalonians, may the Lord, verse, chapter 5, verse 23, may the Lord sanctify you, soul, spirit, and body. Not only spirit, so spirit, soul, and body. Not only spirit, spirit, soul, and body. You are a tripartite human being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And your body must be saved. Your soul must be saved. Okay? It must be God's blessing is coming upon somebody in Jesus' name. So, in this season of harvest, some of us are going to harvest it threefold. What, what's this? What, what, what do I mean by threefold? In all the three dimensions of your being, in your spirit, in your soul, and your body, you are going to harvest. You are going to experience the harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. Shout amen. So he came to save us from our sins. Now watch this. Jesus met the woman at the well. This is so important. He met the woman at the well and he asked her for water. The woman said, what have you Jew? How come you Jew? John chapter 4 from verse 11 downwards. How come you Jew are asking water from me, a Samaritan? And then verse 14, Jesus said to him something to her profound. Let's all read verse 14 together. John chapter 4 verse 14. Let's go. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus has got water to give. He's got water to give. Very important. I'm driving this somewhere. He is God in the flesh. He went through crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. And in his resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. So Jesus is the life-giving spirit. When we partake of him, he, like, he becomes the water of life to us. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, the Bible says he became the life-giving spirit. The first Adam, okay, says that, as it's written, the first Adam became a, a, a living being. The last Adam, who is Jesus, became what? A life-giving spirit. So Jesus, in resurrection, he became a spirit that he can be in all of us. Now, this same spirit is the one who is called the water of life. It brings water. I'm driving this to somewhere. So when you read in John again, John chapter 7, verse 37. Look at John. Some of you must know John 7, 37. You remember what he said? On the last day, the great day of the feast. All right. Let's all read it out loud. I want you to read it out very loud. Let's go. Loud. Let's start. Let's go. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Read the next verse. Verse, verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. The next verse. Now, this is very interesting. Let's read it. Let's go. But this is speak concerning the spirit whom those who believe in him will receive. The Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been. Because he had not yet been glorified, resurrected, that spirit is talking about has not yet come. And when he was talking about come to me and drink, he was actually coming, talking about the Holy Spirit. Because he said for this, when he said come to me and drink, he said for this he spoke concerning the spirit. So this drinking thing is the spirit. That's why he told the woman, the water I crave. 
Revelation chapter 21, verse 6. The water of life. And now, he came to us as our salvation. He came to us, he came as our salvation. And we are now finding out that he's actually the water of life. And you need to get that water. Drink that water and it's salvation for you. Now, he said, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who tests. Jesus has got water to give. He's got water to give. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. I said, and he showed me the pure river of water of life, clear, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This water, he showed it to me. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, 22, Revelation 20, 17 said, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who's, who, who hears he say, come. And let him who tests come. Whoever desires, let him Take the water of life freely. Jesus is the water of life. Remember, he said, come and drink. And when he said come and drink, he was talking about the spirit. And because the spirit has not yet been released because he hasn't resurrected. And when he resurrected, he became the life-giving spirit. And now he said, come and drink this water. So it's actually the water of salvation. So water of life, he said, I'll give to Wherever comes to me freely. Jesus is the water of life. He, he said, come and drink. Come and drink. Now, why, what has this got to do with harvest? Remember, I said he's our salvation. Now, my main text is um, Isaiah chapter 12, and then we are done. Isaiah chapter, let, this one I need to take my own Bible too, because it's going to be interesting. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1. In that day, I believe it's the day of harvest. In that day, thou, I'm reading from King James Version, okay, old King James. In that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou was angry with me, thy anger is turned away, thou comfortest me. Behold, God, ah, Ah, we are getting into it now. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my soul. He has become Watch this, watch this, watch this. He's talking about in that day, verse 1 again. In that day, look at verse 1. In that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise you. Why? Because the Lord is my salvation. Now God has turned things around. Now the day that things have turned around, in my time of harvest, I will begin to say, the first thing you open my mind, God, I will praise you. I will praise you. Then verse 2, the verse 2 is very interesting. Watch this. Verse 2 says, behold, God is my salvation. That's Jesus. All right. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Is anybody afraid? Don't be afraid. Trust God. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah, when you read some translation, it says, Jah Jehovah. Okay, what version is that? Okay, it says, it says, for Jah, the Lord. Kadimasaka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jah is a short form of Jehovah or Adonai, 
But the Lord is Adonai. So Yahweh. Yahweh Adonai. Yeah. So people hijacked it. Even yeah. In fact, maybe the NIV is likely to put J-A-H. Yeah. Is it? NIV say Yah. It said the Lord, the Lord. So it means the Lord and the other one to me. So in old King James, it said uh, uh, Jehovah. Which version is this? King Je- yeah. yeah, Lord Jehovah. But Yah, Yah, Yah Jehovah, Lord Jehovah. Same thing. So he used his names twice. Adonai, Yahweh, Adonai. Adonai, Yahweh. It's a very serious one. But let's leave that. So, so for Yah Jehovah is what my strength. I told you earlier, you go through some rough patch. Remember, you lose your job you, have, job, you have not lost your strength because Jehovah is your strength. Even when you are sick in bed, remember Jehovah is your strength. Someone shout, Jehovah is my strength. And not just my strength. My what? My what? Is there anyone here who's going song? The Lord is my song. The Lord slaps somebody on the shoulder. Tell them, the Lord is my song. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. He also is become my salvation. The Lord has become my salvation. The Lord has become my salvation. And he's talking about in the day of harvest, this is what you shall say. The Lord is my strength. This is what you shall say. The Lord is my song. This is what you shall say. The Lord is become my salvation. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Like the bishop said earlier on, these are not platitude, jargons, and just cliches. This is the word, and as you confess it and believe it, it becomes your possession. I'm not paying my bill. I'm going to If you could have paid a bill, why should you pay it? If you could have paid, you haven't paid it. We are showing you how we can get you, we can help you get paid, save from this non-payment of bills. You need salvation from non-payment of bills. Amen. So that when people knock on your door, you can freely open. Uh, is there someone here who needs salvation from the Lord? Where is your salvation? The Lord. The Lord is my salvation. Someone shout, the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my salvation. They don't have to believe you, but they will live to see it. They don't have to be. You don't need anybody's permission to believe God. You don't need anybody's backing to believe God. If you can believe God, they will see it later. If you can believe God, they will see that the Lord is helping you. Shout, the Lord is my salvation. You know, ah, that's the crux of my message. I'm about to get uh, this. I'm reading to verse six. I may not finish verse six, but, but, but listen, listen to this. Oh, I even feel like kneeling down and thanking God before I read this one. Oh, well, thank you, Lord. Please, verse three, verse three, verse three. Let's already are very loud. Therefore, rejoice, shall be water out of 
from translations, you spring of salvation. Spring. Others maybe use fountain, but it's not fountain. The word translated, the Hebrew word translated wells, in my notes, but <laughs> it, it can sometimes be translated well, other times it's translated um, spring, other times it's translated fountain. But it's actually not fountain, it's spring. The fountain is the source. The spring is the flow. The river is the result. So come and drink, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of the And he says, there's something called the spring of salvation. Jesus Christ is our salvation. But to draw your salvation, how are you going to tap into it and draw out of this well, this spring of salvation? You can be born again and still things are dry again. You have to know how to, this harvest, you are not permitted to remain dry. Um, by God's grace, by God's grace, I'm giving you the master key to wreck in the harvest. Therefore, therefore, with joy, someone say joy. I, I, mean, I mean shout joy. Inside. Do you remember how the, the text opens? It said, On that day, on that day, thou shalt say, Pray, oh Lord, I will praise thee. That day, you can't do this without joy. And the joy you need to be able to praise God is what brings the brings the harvest of salvation. You need your joy to draw. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is, our, is, is God our savior, God our salvation. But you can't draw out of this well of salvation without joy. You are too joyless. You are too joyless for your next breakthrough. God cannot endorse, cannot sponsor, cannot fund your breakthrough without joy. The only way you can draw out of this well of salvation is joy, unspeakable, full yes. of glory. Full of glory. Joy. Someone shout joy. 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 You must be joyful. Serve God with gladness. Don't let your problems get into you. Let it stay on the peripherals of your existence. So it's, it's your problem, problems are permitted only to be skin deep for the Christian. Because there is this joy inside you, it's, it cannot permit the problem to enter. Bishop Oyedebo was asked by someone, so Papa, the way you are so anointed and you are so much always with energy, how do you handle Challenges when troubles come. How do you, how, how do you deal with trouble? He said, I, I, I don't have problems. Maybe it came and never knew. <laughs> problem, maybe problem came and never And then years ago, when I heard Bishop Oedebo say that, I was wondering, I laughed like the way we all laugh. But I was wondering, but, hey, how can you say? Because once the problem is there, it's there. All right? It's the problem. Let's say, um, um, okay, yes, sir, you've lost one of your shoes in town. It's a problem. 
Oh, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Okay, let's look for another problem. <laughs> yeah, talking about real problem. All right, let's look for a real problem. Okay, the 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 um, the the, 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 the Let's say the bank has repossessed your house. Say, God forbid. Now, that, that's a problem. Or your husband has filed for divorce. Your wife has filed for divorce. Or, or, or home officer go to your county. Or, or, or maybe... The guy who said he will marry you had a dream and saw your face like a tiger. <laughs> and he said that, no, I can't marry you anymore. Sorry, mate. The Lord is our salvation. And uh, sorry, mate. And, and, and you can see that your whole world is caving in. Or this is actually a problem. The doctors tell you we have diagnosed that you have this disease. And, and you don't know. Now your whole life has come to a stand. That seems to be a problem. So how can someone be told the doctor said you have got cancer or diabetes or something and we have to chop your finger because of that? And the person said, I didn't know it came. Oh, yeah, I mean, how can you say you didn't know problem came? Because they told you about it. Years ago, but I laughed. When I grew up and I got into these seasons, and I, after working with God for a while, even took me a look, it was just recently, about two months ago, I discovered what it actually meant. You can be so much focused on God. How many of you have gotten yourself hurt, injured, because you were playing or, and you didn't know? In fact, you were fighting. Those of you used to fight a lot. You were fighting and something catch you. You didn't know you were a cat. You're okay. Because or something you saw... you. Eh? You, uh, it's later when you're going to bath, and then you realize, ah, what? <laughs> and, and they're so BS. Then you realize, ah, why is this? You got injured, but you didn't know why, because your focus was so much on something. Adrenaline is called. The adrenaline was pushing you somewhere. The problem came, you didn't know. Most of us are so concerned about your life and my job. They call you for meeting. You're afraid you're about to lose your job. Why do you walk in fear? God has not given us the spirit of fear. Bible says, 1 John 4, fear has torment. So, 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 when we talk about Problems come, you don't see it. It doesn't mean the problem you didn't feel it. But what it means is you were so much focused on the Lord. When we didn't have a child yet, it wasn't a major a problem or a bunch of discussion. What shall we do? <laughs> no, no, no. We were so much sold out to God. For several years, some of you don't really know that. For several years, I didn't, over eight years and more, I didn't have a paycheck, and not that my parents were here. <laughs> Watch this, let me finish this. For eight years, a rational young man, not having earning, it wasn't that I wasn't working, I was doing the work of the ministry, not having any earning. And there were times where you only have one pound to, eat, to buy chips to eat. That's all. And 
It was never a problem. I used to go to church to go and lead praise and worship. And one, a pastor told me, a friend of mine, a pastor, he said, don't you see that, that pastor is using you? You see your gift. And he doesn't give you anything. He's fooling you. And I was shocked a Christian can say that. Me going to church to minister to God, he said, are you seeing me? Actually, I pray that God use me, so that's okay. I should be used. I should be used. I should be used. Used. Some of you have not been used enough. Bring yourself. Let us use you for God. Hey, any little thing you do, hey, everybody come and clap for him. Oh, oh, this guy, brothers and sisters, today this guy came to arrange the speakers. Let's clap. Hey, hey, I'm a musician, you know. I have to sing, so you have to give me some money. So I don't, I don't, hey, let's clap for him. Hey, hey, hey. That's why your life stays where it is. Because God doesn't owe you. If you do your work so that men can reward, see, you said, men, God has no reward before men. But if, if you go in secret, and shut your door and pray. The Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. Matthew 6, 7, and 8, somewhere there. So God rewards. But there are too many people who any little thing they do for God, they think that God owes them. The church owes them a clap. You give your tithe, you think the church will recognize you. We will not, I'll say it, We, we will not recognize your, you for any money you have given. We will not, if you like, keep the money. Because God will never consult you for a project he wants to do. You are too unqualified to sponsor God. You. It's, listen, it is a privilege to be in a position to give to God's work. It's a, pri it's, it's, it's a pri privilege with capital, red A, P, four of them in front. Privilege. Privilege. It's a privilege to give to God. What, this thing that people give any little thing to church, they think they have given to charity. Go, go look for someone lying on the street, give it to them. God is not charity. Yes. Yes. It's called offering, not collection. Mm. 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 Offering. Mm. God accepts offering, not collections. Mm. Not donations. Mm. Who are you? How dare you think you can help God? It's like my four-year-old child, or even me, and an articulated track loaded with goose is about to fall and I go and help it not to fall. If God need, has a need, he will not consult you to do it. <laughs> Hannah said, if you give me a son, First Samuel chapter 1, if you give me a son, I'll give him to you. God said, I'll bless you with a son. But God could have used anybody. Jesus said, Luke chapter 4, verse 24 downwards, he said, for in the days of Elijah, there were many widows in Israel, but not, none of them was God. Elijah sent to preserve, uh, protect, preserve her in the famine, save uh, uh, the widow of Zerah. And he said, and in the time of Elijah, there were many lepers in Israel, but unto none of them did receive cleanse, apart from Naaman the Syrian. Naaman the Syrian. So God's provision, God has not run out of abilities to help. 
When Elijah went to the woman and said, feed me, it was actually in her own interest. Yes, yes. Because God knows how to preserve, protect and preserve his work. How many of you are aware that at that time a lot of widows died in Israel? But this woman, because she had the privilege of the prophet saying, bring something, it protected her. When you have the privilege to give offering in church, to give tithe, count it as a big... Don't place, that, don't place your rent above your tithe. Because you can secure a house and stay inside. But your existence here... In the, on earth. <laughs> Wait, let me leave that. Some of you are getting worried about your lack of faithfulness to God. Let me finish this thing. You see, I'm a pastor who tithes and gives radically. So it gives me the audacity to talk. Now, pastors don't do that. They take Say, hey, people give you, and they don't even give any envelope. They don't give their own. They give you. There are pastors who don't tithe. May I tell you, me, I tithe, I believe, higher than many people. Though I don't know who, but it won't beat me to because I must get more from God. So I must be ahead of you. I tithe and I feel it joyfully. <laughs> I tithe and I give radically. I've kept my giving to a certain degree. There's never a time my giving must. Doesn't matter where, where church I visit, wherever I am. If it's offering time, my offering must never go below, below a certain threshold. I believe in giving. And it is showing. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One, I think maybe one of the harvests, we'll talk about the giving aspect of the harvest. You need your joy to be able to enjoy God. You need joy to enjoy God. To draw from the wells of salvation. There is so much, Beatrice, there is so much available for you in this well of salvation. But its ability to help you has a lot to do with your approach to drawing. Never let it happen to you that we come to church, we are praising God, you are standing, you are sitting like a bourgeois. Bourgeois, bourgeois, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, when, why is this one shouting like that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm, hallelujah. Someone lift up your hand. They praise and worship. They say, everybody lift your hand. You are wondering, what, who is he to tell him? It's okay, it's okay. This is too long. Sit down, sit down. Praise the Lord. Some of us, if God makes a mistake and makes you a, not a millionaire, a hundred near, it will be a problem. When you come to church, in fact, they have to have a special trolley. They put you on. To, to, we have to reserve a special seat for you. We, we are looking forward to people, God raising people, and you are talking about a multi-millionaire, billionaire, comes to church and is on the camera. And serving. And pastor says, hey, cameraman, put it up. And, and he's a millionaire. He doesn't make an issue. That's it. He's serving God because he knows his help is in God. That's, that, that, that's the kind of people. And some of us, possibly things have delayed because your heart is not. Some of you, if God makes a mistake and gives you a husband, you will snatch him out of church. You will go. I found my own. Oh, 
Bye-bye. I'll see you. <laughs> you are gone. When you need a child, you come back. When you need a breakthrough, you come back. But for now, bye. <laughs> so God has to hold on to help you to acclimatize to this church life. <laughs> A few people here, most, most people here were born in UK and born and bred in UK or born and cake in UK. Well, but there are a few people who were praying and fasting for visa. And now when they landed UK, they are working so much, they are forgotten about the God of the visa. You don't know. Your work has become more important. But you prayed and said, God, if you give me this thing, if you give me this husband, if you give me this baby, if you give me this wife, now God gave you this baby, and every time during service, or gave you this pregnancy, and you can't even praise God. So God's mistake was giving you this pregnancy, and you withheld his praise. God's mistake was giving you this baby. There was a time I rebuked one of our former prison worship leaders. When prison worship was going on, sitting now, baby on the lap and, and watching. And praise, pray, praise and worship leader. That means that thing has not entered your spirit. Too. Some of you, you only have public praise. You, you, there's no sign of private praise in you. When you go home, you can't praise God. You would rather go and watch X Factor. I'm not against X Factor, okay? I'm not against, maybe there are some X Factor finalists and contestants. I'm not, listen, I'm not against X Factor, but I'm concerned about your joyless draw. I'm concerned about your salvation. There are many people in hospital who love X Factor, but for hospital reasons, they can't watch it. But they don't even have the time to watch it. You will not end up in hospital. And you will draw from the wells of salvation. You shall draw from the well of salvation. You shall draw from the springs of salvation. So shall it be. So shall it be. So shall it be. In the name of Jesus. Shout a living amen. I told you I feel like preaching. The time of harvest. It, is, it, is, it happens in praise. And praise is, praise is not praise if it's joyless. Do you hear what I'm saying? It may be just singing or music, but it's not praise. It's not genuine praise if it's joyless. Because the praise of God must well out of the heart of joy. And as you engage your joy, you begin to draw out of the wells of salvation. Then you are talking about you have been able to put in the circle of praise. But if it's just music, Baba, oh, oh, Baba, oh, Baba, oh. If it's just that, then it, really, it, it, it raises concerns. Yeah. But I see somebody's story changing completely. Yeah. This is the season everything changed for you. Yeah. 
I said, this is the season everything changed for you. Major breakthroughs and major laughters ahead of you shall be traceable to this season. Shall be traceable to this harvest season. Major lifting, major promotions ahead of you shall be traceable to this season of harvest. As you enjoy, engage, join, engage the circle of friends. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy whatever God has for you this season, it happens for you now. It happens for you now. I prophesy you draw from the well of salvation. You draw from the well of salvation in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Rise to your feet, lift up your hands, begin to praise God, thank Him, appreciate Him with joy, with joy, with joy in your heart, with joy in your heart. We thank you for our health. We thank you for my help is in the name of the Lord. Oh, come on, come on, come on, somebody. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. We joy. We joy. We joy. We joy. Come on, lift up your voice. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Drop your diplomacy and give it all to him. Open your mouth. Let him know you are grateful. Let him know he's your song. He's your strength. He has become your salvation. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my strength. He has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. Come on, somebody. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.